and welcome back to the JJ Reddick podcast. It's been a while, but I am back and I'm excited to have on Omar Raja today. We talk about the origins of House of Highlights, Fortnite, and why House of Highlights is such a relatable feed. We hope you enjoy. We have a fun show lined up for you today. My conversation with Omar Raja is coming up. But first, I apologize for the long break in between podcast episodes. I believe my last episode I put out was Brian Koppelman, which was recorded about six weeks ago. Didn't really have any time to record any episodes during the playoffs, and I've kind of used these last couple weeks since we lost to Boston to decompress and lick my wounds, so to speak. Regarding the the Sixers playoff run, if you look at our season in the context of what the expectations were going in, for us to have won 52 games and be a third seed and have home court in the first round and get to the second round of a playoff series and really lose three games that were all winnable where we had fourth quarter leads. I think if you look at that in that context, the season itself was a huge success. The problem with that is we feel like we were capable of more. And I think it hurts a little bit more when you lose and you feel like you left something on the table. In this case, I think when the playoffs started, we all had the expectation that we could make a deep run. And whether that meant conference finals or finals or NBA championship, losing in five games in the second round does not feel like a deep run in the playoffs. And so we were all disappointed. You know, for me personally, I would think I was extra emotional after that game because of the finality of the season and how sudden it ends, but also because I think I'll play three to five more years. I don't know how many times I'll be on a team that has a chance to win a championship. You know, I hate to say this, but as you get further along in your career, you start to realize that you're running out of chances. I don't think Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid thought of that when the season ended. But for me, that was my thought. It was like, that was a legit chance. I still don't have a championship. And I don't know how many more chances I will have. That's a scary thought. The fact I didn't win a championship at Duke still bothers me to this day. And if I retire from the NBA without a championship, it will bother me for the next 30 or 40 years. So that's kind of my thoughts on the Sixer season and, and our playoff run. I have watched a little bit of the conference finals, watched the first half last night of Boston and Cleveland's game five. I think one initial thought I have on the conference finals were after game one in Houston when the Warriors won. And after games one and two in Boston, when Boston won, everybody on NBA Twitter freaked out and said, we're not going to have a competitive conference finals. And now a week later, we've got a 3-2 series going into game six in Cleveland and a 2-2 series. And the Warriors are a little banged up. And really, at this point, I, I think anything could happen. Selfishly, maybe. I want to see a non-Cavs-Warriors finals. I would love to see Boston and Houston play against each other. You know, for me, though, I, I do sort of have a rooted interest in Chris and the Rockets. I want to see Chris hopefully win a championship. And then with Cleveland, Kyle Korver is a close friend of mine, so and I'd love to see him win a championship as well. Last thing I just wanted to say, I've got a bunch of great guests lined up over the next couple of weeks. We'll have Michelle Roberts on. We're going to have Donovan Mitchell on from the Utah Jazz in a couple weeks. So the podcast for the next two to three months may be a little sporadic because of the off season. I'm going to be traveling a little bit, but I promise to get you out some good content this summer and really appreciate, as always, you listening 
Without further ado, my conversation with Omar Raja. Omar, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you for all the kind words the past year and a half. Really appreciated it. You got it. I think I have posted a few comments in the House of Highlights comment section. Uh Uh-huh. I know that's like a thing. It's a community I think where so. a I mean, lot of athletes post. Yeah, you got LeBron oh, that's consistently commenting. You've got people that when they get angry, like we've had D'Angelo Russell, who once was called for a technical foul while clapping on the bench. And then his whole, all of his friends, Kelly Oubre, Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, they all went in the comment section, kind of defended their guy. So you often see celebrities and athletes kind of comment and sometimes news gets made of it. Have you ever had... This was actually going to be a, a question for later on, but you kind of brought this up. Have you ever had an athlete or even an agent contact you and say, hey, uh, can you can you take that down or can you not post something? Yeah. So there was once a, a montage. I won't say the player. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't the friendliest montage. And I had the PR person and an agent contact me offering money if I would remove the post, actually. Wow. Yeah. Was this before or after you were with Bleacher Report? This was last summer. So I was okay. with Bleacher Report. Okay. This was us. Yeah. You didn't even need the money. No, I didn't need the money. <laughs> I didn't need the money. Did you take the post down? No, no. We kind of okay. kept it up. Nice. I don't think I've ever let someone control whether or not I'm going to keep the post up. It would be silly. I agree. So take me through just a typical day. You guys are up to... 9.1 million followers yeah. as of this morning. I would imagine your DMs are, are pretty crazy. Cra- yeah, I would say you get 500 to 600 DMs a day, and it can be everything. It can be people just sending, sending their selfies, which is incredibly random, and then you have people doing stuff in their backyard and, and at their high school. And then you also have people sending like, hey, Al Horford just flinched on this like half-court shot that Tristan Thompson shot. So it takes, you know, just a couple hours to go through those. And then you kind of do the math. And it's been, if it's been 500 a day for about a year, you've gotten like over 150,000 submissions a year. So it's just kind of crazy at this point. So your day is spent reviewing these DMs and reviewing these clips. The first couple hours are. And I think okay. the craziest part has been like, the players that kind of send DMs and they want their own videos posted. Stop like, it. Swear to God, you have one of your former teammates has sent some DMs. Jamal Crawford. I no, know that. No, no, <laughs> no, he it's not. not Jamal. He's not. He is not. He is not. It's somebody else. Okay. And he was very like passionate about trying to get a post on. I, I mean, can think my, of one other guy. Dwight Howard? No, no, no. no. I just threw no, two guys no, under okay, the but bus. But I, I don't All think right. uh, you had your two shots. But this person was writing paragraphs and he was just adamant about finding a way to get his highlights on the page. He's like, I'm crossing people every day. I'm getting bodies every day. You don't post it once. And, you know, I, I kind of just went with it and uh, the videos never got posted. But at least he tried. At least he tried. I don't think my game is suited for, for you, House of Highlights. You had, no, you I had. I would require, well, first of all, yeah. we'll get to one post from this year. Yeah. But I think the only like positive post I've ever had was, um, I think you posted when I hit my buzzer beater against Portland a, a few years ago. No, you also had another one. You had this one, you had the Pacers. So you had two clutch oh, yeah, shot yeah. against the Pacers. It was like one that was off balance and then one, it was like a normal right three. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you had a cool celebration and stuff like that too. So those are moments that people can kind of relate to. And uh, you were new to the team and everyone was really excited. So I think that one worked well. The other one from this season was when- um, You had dunked on? Yeah, Jamal yeah, Murray yeah. dunked on me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so who posted that? I think I posted that one. You did? I think I posted that one. Because Drew- Because I assume you have a team now. Yeah, that, well, yeah. no, it's me and another guy that okay. started at 2018. His, his name's Drew. He's actually a diehard Philly fan. Okay. Um, so we kind of joke, like any Philly highlight that's actually pro Philly, he's kind of posting it. Anything against Philly is just me. And it was awkward because I'm a diehard Heat fan. And then you guys had the series. And I'm like, 
I'll just post the heat stuff. You just post the Sixers stuff, and we'll figure it out from there. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So I assume you watch the games. You're a diehard. I watch every single game, yeah. When you're watching a game, are you actually able to enjoy the game? Are you saying to yourself, like, Oh, maybe that's something I could post. Are you watching bench reactions? Are you watching like what are you what are you watching? Exactly. So I'm I'm watching bench reactions. Okay. I'm watching the ref. I'm watching fans. I'm not watching like everyone's gonna get the Russell Westbrook dunk. I have to figure out what's gonna be like the one thing that sticks out, whether it's a funny reaction, whether it's a fan reacting a certain way, whether it's a ref finally reacting to something. So the first time I've actually caught myself enjoying a game, and it was the last two minutes of game four, Rockets Warriors, where I said, listen, I'm just going to like watch this game because I want to know what happens. That was the first time this entire year where I was like, I'm just going to watch this and fi- watch. And then right after the game, I just rewatched the last two minutes and kind of figured out what I wanted. Yeah. I want to go back first. So with 9.1 million followers on mm-hmm. Instagram, I would assume there's a large portion of those that sort of know the backstory behind House of Highlights. And a simple Google search yeah. uh, will will kind of reveal that. But for the person that doesn't know that, take us back to 2014 and sort of the genesis behind House of Highlights. Yeah, so you know I'm a diehard Heat fan, still am. And LeBron leaves the Heat, and immediately I was like heartbroken. Like I remember exactly where I was. I remember I was supposed to meet my dad at like one o'clock that day, and I said, "Dad, like LeBron just left the Heat 30 minutes ago. Like I'll just I'll see you later tonight. Like this is not happening." And then. Kind of going through those next couple of weeks, I was kind of a mess where I was like, I can't believe he's gone. And then what you do during those next couple of weeks, you try not to talk about like those certain video clips with friends, whether it was LeBron yelling at Mario Chalmers, whether it was D-Wade and LeBron having a cool, funny moment. And you're kind of like, you go to YouTube and you're putting in these specific moments and you can't find them and you can't share them with your friends. So you're like, why isn't anybody doing this? Because this is stuff that me and my friends are talking about in our iMessage group chat. So Looked around for a little bit. I think after three weeks, I was like, I'm just going to do this myself. Didn't really think much of it. I thought, you know, at best, you're at 100,000 followers, 200,000 followers, and now you're at like 9.1 million followers. So when you started, you, you actually thought, like, I'm going to eventually have 100,000 followers on oh, this account? I was account. confident. I, but <laughs> I, like, I was very confident that I actually would, actually. Like, I remember, so I, I lived in Miami, but then once August started, I went back to Orlando, and I was pitching my friends it's like oh, i've just got back and uh i was like oh you know i'll get on the explore page and when i get on the explore page more people will see it and they'll follow and i remember one guy's like you think it's gonna be that easy and he just started <laughs> laughing at me but it ended up happening exactly kind of how i pitched it right like you, you just kind of make sure you post good content only you don't spam the feed and you try to be as authentic as possible and it kind of worked out so prior to bleacher report mm-hmm. acquiring feed yeah were you able to post nba highlights i did okay. i mean i wasn't it's sketchy right because right. adam silver and even to this day he, he made the comment recently where he's like we view highlights as marketing yeah so i kind of went with that approach like i'm not going to put anything negative about the nba i'll kind of just post the stuff that kind of markets the league and makes it look good so i never heard back from the nba in a negative way or they never sent a season desist or anything like that they were everything seemed good on my end Brings up an interesting point, and I, I actually doesn't have notes on this, yeah. but it's something that I think about a lot of times is um, the social media presence for the NBA is is different yeah. than really any other sport. And I think there's a bunch of reasons behind that. It's interesting to me to watch the things our players are able to sort of get away with versus other leagues. Yeah. One being the dress code. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. we still have an enforceable dress code yeah. and we have guys showing up to games with photographer vests. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Guys wear suits on the bench with no shirt on. It's, it's insane. insane. It's insane. And I think what's crazy is like 
the league sees it. They're be, they become social media like phenomenons when yeah. Russell Westbrook does that, and um, everyone's just cool with it, I guess. But I thought everyone still has to wear like a suit. Like, what's the dress code on this stuff? So if you're on the bench, you have to wear a blazer. Okay. Okay. But it used to be like when I first got in the league, like this is strict, and yeah, they would you- find you. So you used to have to wear like a blazer, a collared shirt, trousers, mm-hmm. or dress jeans, mm-hmm. and dress shoes. Mm-hmm. Now you can get away with a blazer, yeah, a t-shirt. Possibly a graphic tee. Yeah. <laughs> Ripped jeans and let's say some common projects. Yeah. Some sneakers. Yeah. Right. And that's totally fine. Yeah. Like they don't say anything. And coming to games, you used to have to be able to like a collared shirt, dress jeans, and let's say white sort of sneakers like common projects or converse. That was sort of like the basic, like you had to have that. And now guys come and whatever. They yeah. literally do whatever. When, when did you kind of notice that change the past couple of years? I think with Instagram. Yeah. Honestly. Now there's feeds just dedicated yeah. to, to what guys wear. Well, I just started like, following upscale hype. I yeah. know about that page is one league yeah. fits as well. You okay. just check them out and like, it's just about what pregame wear. It's so, crazy. so I read something somewhere that I think you said this, and, I, yeah. and correct me if I'm wrong, but that Westbrook gets yeah. sort of the most response and engagement. Anything, any yeah. Westbrook yeah. related posts get the most response. It changes and every year. It okay. changes. So when I first started 2014, 2015, it was kind of the Steph Curry emergence. Yeah. So those next two years, anything Steph Curry just popped off. And then what ended up happening was then when KD joined, they became the most hated team in the world. So now everything Warriors is bad. Because if you look at the comments, it's always ugly under a Warriors post. People don't like it. People always say whatever. So then it switched because people, when KD left, people felt like, oh, you know, like Westbrook's out there to prove himself and he averages the triple double. So last year, it was everything Westbrook did well. Then this year, in the beginning of the year, when they had PG, Westbrook, and Mello, it was they were kind of the favorite team. But then what ended up happening is like they weren't living up to expectations, so it kind of changed. So at the end of the year, the Sixers were kind of the, the favorite in April. Kyrie is the one that kind of really took like Westbrook's spot this year, where, I mean, it felt like anything he did was a big deal. I mean, he posted a video of him putting on a mask, and it got two and a half million views. Like, that's all. He literally just puts on a mask, yeah. and he put mask Kyrie's back. It's just something that just makes absolutely no sense. We'll be right back with Omar, but let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Today's JJ Reddick podcast is brought to you by Belvedere. Produced in one of the world's longest-running distilleries, Belvedere Vodka is the world's finest all-natural vodka. Crafted by a collective of master distillers, Belvedere is made with non-GMO Polish rye, pure water, and no additives. Recognized for quality, Belvedere was named the ISC World Vodka Producer of the Year in 2015, 2016, and 2017. Belvedere's unmatched quality reminds me of one of the greatest teams in the history of the NBA, the 1982-83 Philadelphia 76ers, featuring legends of the game like Dr. J, Moses Malone, Mo Cheeks, just to name a few. The 76ers won the championship that year in absolutely dominating fashion, eviscerating their opponents in each of the three rounds, only losing one game and coming dangerously close to making the great Moses Malone famous. Foe, 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 prediction come true. Over the course of their storied history, the 76ers have always played a brand of basketball of unparalleled quality, just like Belvedere Vodka. So enjoy a delicious cocktail with Belvedere Vodka today. Remember to always drink responsibly and trust the process. And now back to the show. So I know you guys don't have a Twitter feed. I'm going to ask you about why that is later, but it's interesting to me the influence that you have. So Kyrie is a great example of that, right? 
So I remember at the beginning of the year, you were posting a lot of Kyrie related content. Mm -hmm. You do a dribbling montage, mm -hmm. you know, against the Lakers or whatever mm -hmm. it was. Yeah. And on the other site on Twitter, which mm -hmm. is where I get my news from, yeah. I'm on my feed and I'm seeing all these NBA related posts about Kyrie. And because of your posts on Twitter, there was this narrative that Kyrie was having this unbelievable yeah. season. Yeah. And then the stats gurus were like, compare the two. He's actually having a the worse same season. Year. Or the same. It, it was, was like the, the same. same. It was like it was, the same. It was like a yeah. little different, yeah, right? A little yeah, different, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But essentially the same year yeah, yeah. As, as he had the previous year with LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that one's interesting. I also think was like also interesting about that. And you're completely right on that is like when people make the connections of, do you remember when LeBron posted the Arthur meme? Yeah. So before he posted that, he liked two House of Highlights videos where Kyrie was crossing people against his Hawks. And he likes those two posts. I think he might have even commented and people screenshotted that. And that, that was on Twitter. And then 10 minutes later, he just posts the Arthur meme where he's angry. And everyone was like, LeBron logged on on Instagram. He saw the, all the House of Highlights Kyrie posts and his, the Cavs are doing bad. And he just got angry and he posted the Arthur meme. And I'm like, <laughs> that connection that people are making now and that influence yeah. has just gotten to a whole nother level. It's insane. Yeah. It really is. So going back to the early days, so you were basically putting up user-generated content yeah. So this was like, uh, what's the guy's name who posts the uh, the impersonations of NBA players? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And trick shots and stuff. Trick I shots. remember when I first came across, it was, it was a lot of trick shots. It was a lot of submissions too. Like just people's doing stuff in their backyard, right? Like even it can be simple stuff like a guy wearing a FedEx uniform in New York and he's playing a pickup game and it just looks ridiculous. So it's like it becomes a viral video. <laughs> I actually love that and, video. Yeah, that Is was that a parrot? Yeah, that was <laughs> a parrot. That was a parrot. That was a parrot. So. Yeah. That stuff is has kind of taken over, and it, I think that's what kind of people missed, right? Like, it's weird to think that a guy wearing a FedEx uniform is the thing that's going to go viral, but it is, and because it, it's just so different and out there. I've read that you've said there was never an aha moment for the yeah. feed or for this sort of path that you're on, but I would assume that the Bleacher Report yeah. acquisition was a big deal. So you're driving back. I think you're driving back to Orlando to go, go back for your senior year mm -hmm. at UCF, and you're thinking about what you want to do, and you're thinking about doing an internship at Bleacher Report. Oh, no, I was hoping to apply and for I was going to use the House of Highlights okay. page as a reason as to why they should hire me. That you was, just wanted to be hoping. hired at that I point. just wanted to be hired. I was just yeah. desperate. Like, I was like, I just hope that they pay attention to me because I'm a business major too. And I'm like, I don't know if they're going to like me. They're like, you're a business major. Why do you want to work at Bleacher Report? Right. So on my way back, this is in May. And then a month and a half later in July 1st, like I get an email from Bleacher Report, like, hey, we're actually interested in talking to you about House Highlights. So I hadn't even applied that yet because I still had like a year left of college. And then we talked for the next six months and there was a deal made that in the start of 2016. You respond to a lot of the comments. Yep. And um, literally yesterday, you, you said something along the lines of, you know, this is my dream job. Yeah. And I've seen you make those comments to other, yeah. you know, people uh, always reach out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've seen you. I've seen you make those sort of comments. So what was it about Bleacher Report that was a dream job? Well, I was always a fan, right? Okay. So like we talk about Twitter, I had them on Twitter notifications. Yeah. I had the app. I think. Listen, you you kind of always want to work in sports because like when I grew up and when I started, like my dad always he came to this country and you know he kind of put in his time and he always said to me like, hey, I came here and I want you to kind of just do what you love. And, you know, you kind of take that and you're like, I don't know if that's really, I don't know if that's honestly going to happen, right? Like you kind of just want to get a job and get paid and go day by day. But, you know, kind of what my dad was preaching was like, do what you love. And it actually ended up happening because I get to work in sports. I, I get paid to watch NBA games every single day. Um, that's wild. It's insane. It's insane. But, you know, like for that reason, like you don't take it for granted. Like I kind of wake up every day trying to like prove myself. Like, 
you can't take it for granted because the second you do, somebody else is going to kind of come and take your shine. So when Bleacher Report made this acquisition, they, they I, I don't know the whole details behind, but they, they acquired your feed essentially. Yeah. What was your follower count at that point? Oh, probably like 1.2, 1.3 okay. million. Okay. So in 20 months, you went from that to, I think it's 7.6 million. Yeah. And there at one point, I don't know what your growth metrics are right now, but at one point it was like 10 to 12,000 new followers per day. How many, how many followers a day? 10 to 12,000 new yeah, followers yeah, per day. Yeah, that's accurate. That's okay. accurate. All right. So it's about like 12,000 followers a day. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so Turner had, obviously has rights. Yeah. Turner owns Bleacher Report. Now they're getting Champions League rights too. Okay. Yeah. So you'll have soccer highlights in yeah. August. I think what's also interesting, and maybe like we'll cut this out if I can't say it, um, I'll say it. is uh, <laughs> leagues reach out now. Like okay. you have the NFL and the MLB and like leagues reach out and the MLS, like they're like, hey, we want our clips posted on House of Highlights. Like send us what you want and we'll try to figure out if we can send it to you and you can post it for free. And like that's kind of the point we've gotten to where like people find the value in House of Highlights and the influence of House of Highlights to be so high that they're willing to kind of just send their stuff because they want to be featured. Do you ever envision a scenario where you can post NFL highlights? Well, one day. One day. <laughs> we were able to like the, the NFL has a startup this year called the Checkdown. Um, I met the guy that, that kind of started it. And they. Yeah. what's funny is they made the check down because they're such big fans of House of Highlights because gotcha. they felt like, it feels like a lot of media companies, they kind of want to have their own House of Highlights at this point. And so with that, they were kind of trying to like, not copy, but kind of take some of the ideas from House of Highlights because they thought it was really cool. And they they said, hey, you know, we're going to post a bunch of like NFL celebrations, some of the touchdowns, like you can repost us for free. So I kind of just went and took that liberty. The growth is incredible. Mm-hmm. And- you said you were hoping to get to 100 or 200,000 yeah. followers. Yeah. Was there ever a number that you were like, oh my God, I have, I can't believe I have a million fo- or two million, whatever it is. No, it was five. Like five million is like when you take the step back and you're like, how in the world did this happen? Like, yeah. cause then you're also thinking about like all the stuff that goes with it. Like right now, the average video gets 2 million views. So that means if a video gets a million and a half views, it technically underperformed. That's crazy. If a video gets a million views, it underperformed. Like that just makes absolutely no sense at all. The question then is why is this so popular? By the way, this mm. this morning I looked up, you're at 9.1, Westbrook is at 10.4. Yeah. I, th- I thought that was fascinating to yeah. me. Like he's one of the most popular athletes in the at? world. Me? Yeah. I'm like at 430,000. Uh, I don't I don't You know post. what's funny is 10-year-old Omar so I really got into the heat at another level when we had 04, we had Wade, we had Karan yeah. Butler, we had Brian Grant, we had all those yeah. guys. And then the next year Shaq comes. Yeah. So then when you get so into it, you're turning on ESPN every single day. So at that time I'm like 10 and I turn on ESPN and every single day, JJ Reddick breaks Duke record, JJ <laughs> Reddick breaks college record. And I was like, oh my God, this JJ Reddick guy is like the best basketball player ever. <laughs> so like for at least like six months, I thought you were like the best basketball, you were going to be like the best basketball player to ever play. It's crazy. I'm sure some people have no, that story. I think about this too. So like my senior year at Duke, yeah. it was like a pretty big story. Yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to gas myself. Yeah. It was a pretty big story. Yeah. And I wonder if it, happened of, now? if it had happened now with social media. You would have you'd have a minimum, minimum million followers already. Like if you yeah. started your rookie year now. Right. I actually said to Ben Simmons yesterday, I said, I, my career started 10 years too early. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For other reasons too, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the thing that I, I think, and I'm sure you think this as well, but what makes this feed so great is that it's relatable. Yeah. And it's relatable in a lot of different ways. You've said this, and it's kind of the obvious one, is, is that it makes athletes relatable. And, and you feel like athletes are just like normal people. Yeah. What's crazy is like Joel Embiid is in the Bahamas 
right? And people find it hilarious that he's scared to go down a slide. People find it hilarious that he doesn't know how to swim. People find it hilarious that he's wearing a, what's the thing called when you put on your life jacket? And he's like, it's all the way on him and he's running into the ocean. You're like, you can just stand. You don't need the life jacket, man. So I think there's a couple of things that it's like, oh, they're just like us. Or like, I would love to hang out with that guy for like a day. And I think those are the two pillars. Like half of it is like being really good at basketball. And the other half is like, I want to hang out with him or he just seems cool. The other obvious part, though, of course, is the humor. Yeah. I'm assuming a lot of that comes from you. I don't know if Drew yeah. is funny. I don't no, know. No, Drew if, is funny. Drew is to funny, Drew. too. He is okay. very funny, yeah. But there's like a underlying level of like cultural relevance mm-hmm. with the way you write your, your captions. captions. Yeah. yeah. I think the best one example of that is like, and those videos do better than like the average highlight. So like, was a game four? Where LeBron had a crazy dunk, but then J.R. Smith had like a funny reaction to a three. And I put like, when you've been texting her for months and you finally make a move and she says, you know, let's go out. And that video got like two and a half million views. And like, it's funny to think that something little like that's going to get more views than like a crazy LeBron dunk. Going back to your your group message chat with Mm -hmm. your friends in college from a few years ago, do they ever give you ideas for captions? No. Are all the captions come from you? No, all of them come from me. There's so there's, Let's go. That's 8,000 posts. There's three captions that I've gotten from other people that I've actually like reached out. And this one, like this doesn't count Drew because like, like it's all mixed up. But like before Drew joined, I think there was three times where I've reached out to somebody on Twitter like, hey, I can't beat your caption. Like, this is funny. Like, can I use this? And they always say, yeah. Yeah. Before we move on, one more break to hear from our sponsor. Today's JJ Reddick podcast is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. As most of you probably know that watch the NBA, I typically have a stubble or some would call a patchy beard during the NBA season. However, a couple times a year, I like to give myself a clean shave, including this past week. I'm recording this with a clean shave. My two-year-old son likes to rub his face up against my wife's cheek, and he will never do it with me. But the night that I shaved, he, he gave me a good cheek rub, which was great. And of course, I had to use Dollar Shave Club's products for my shave. Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. You name it. Shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, even a wipe that'll leave your tush feeling tingly clean. I'm a big fan of their amber and lavender calming body cleanser. I've never smelled anything like it. But all of Dollar Shave Club's products are great and made with top shelf ingredients that won't break your budget. Plus, shipping is free with your membership. And here's a great way to try a bunch of Dollar Shave Club's products. For just five bucks, you can get their daily essential starter set. It comes with body cleanser, one wipe Charlie's, their amazing butt wipes, their world famous shave butter, and their best razor, the six blade executive. Keep the blades coming for a few more bucks a month and add in shampoo, toothpaste, or anything else you need. Check it all out at dollarshaveclub.com slash reddick. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash R-E-D-I-C-K. And now back to my conversation with Omar Raja. Part of the cultural relevance too, I think, is the way you have introduced sort of like timely pop culture references. Mm -hmm. I am 33 with two kids. I don't play Fortnite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I know what it is. Okay. Okay. Can you just explain like in the simplest form of what it is and why it's so awesome? So Fortnite is a free game. So if you have an Xbox, PS4, PC, you can play for free and you get thrown into a map all together. There's a hundred people. And you have a team, you have four, three other people on your team, four people total. 
And your job is just to survive. You're supposed to be the last team standing. You have to pick up guns. It's this is rough. You have to pick up guns. <laughs> Wait, so there's 25 teams. I'm there's 25 some basic teams. Math there's 25 here. teams. Okay. Yep, 25 yep. Teams. We've got that far. All right. There's a map. Okay? okay. And on the map, there's a storm. So what ends up happening? It's like a circle. The map gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So slowly, people get closer and closer and closer, and they all have to kind of fight each other. So um, they kind of add different stuff, different guns, different. You know, like it's something like a jetpack, and you can build and you do all this stuff, and um, kind of the last team standing wins. And the thing is, like, I've and I suck at it. So, like, <laughs> I've played for five months, six months, and I've had like twenty five wins, and I've probably played like I've played a lot. So, like, it's hard to how win many that L's? Game. A lot. No, like hundreds, hundreds, yeah, hundreds, thousands, maybe. Oh, there's like, <laughs> listen, you go like we'll win four, five times a week. I've probably lose a hundred times a week. So I'm wow. four and one hundred every week. Wow. But those games go by quick for me because I land and then two minutes in, I'm dead. And I'm like, all right, I got to go play. Well, you can game. only die once. You can only die once. But if you die, oh, you can okay. get revived. But when you're down, <laughs> you can die too. It's like hard to explain. Okay. <laughs> we can make a video of you playing Fortnite after this. And maybe it'll be on House Highlights because it'll be just amazing. I think it'd be hilarious. Yeah. I yeah. have to be honest with you. So my wife moved in with me about six months after we got engaged. This was like December 2009. And I had an Xbox, mm -hmm. and I played Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. I had, you know, Halo, for, of course, and, and played that growing up. But I have not played a second of video games since my wife moved in with me. I mean, you're going to start playing when your kids get older. She bought me an Xbox when we moved to Austin. I think it was like our first Christmas there was like 2013. She bought me an Xbox, and she mm -hmm. was like, play it. In our, yeah. Play it in your theater yeah. room. Like, yeah. just enjoy it. Yeah. And I never even inserted a game. I never played it, not once. So it was weird. Like, I was a huge gamer in high school. Same thing, like Call of Duty. Yeah. And then college kind of came, and then the House of Highlights thing kind of got started, and like just didn't have time for it. And I think Fortnite is actually like the first game that I've played religiously in like six years. I don't want to be a hater, but like, are, are the graphics considered top notch? No, it's, it's when, bad. I don't think. I don't think. Because when I see the, I don't the think clips, it's meant to be. It's bad. Okay, it's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be bad. It's supposed to be bad. It doesn't look like it's like very fluid gameplay. N no, it's like it. It looks weird. Like I <laughs> okay. actually make that. I make that comment to my friends all the time. They're like, "You don't get it, man. It's not about the graphics. It's about the gameplay." I'm like, dude, I, I don't okay. care. But I think moments when like Drake plays and stuff yeah, like that really yeah. kind of just. I feel like GoldenEye for Nintendo 64 had better graphics. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know about that, but I remember playing that game <laughs> similar. when I was like five. Yeah, it was similar. similar. It was similar. It's like the people you who really made enjoyed Fortnite that game, decided, right? hey, we're only going to use 64 bits to make this. That, I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> so the other reason I think this feed and this story is relatable mm -hmm. is this concept in our generation. Well, I'll, I'll throw myself in your generation, but in this sort of social media generation of of building something mm -hmm. and having someone else sort of buy it yeah, and having this really large following and figuring out a way to monetize that. yeah. In a way, that's probably why 90% of people are on social media. Yeah. It's underlying. It's there. Yeah. I mean, in a way, like maybe that's why I have social media accounts. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to sell a podcast here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I, I really believe like people were like, I, I think that's one of the reasons that I relate to it, to yeah. be honest with you. It's like yeah. you've built this thing from scratch. Yeah. And it's just a phenomenal story. That's why I always answer those questions. Like you kind of always talk about like, yeah, Omar, like I saw you responding to a comment. Like, yeah, I'm really grateful for being here because I remember what it was like when I didn't have that. Like I was a college kid that was like kind of embarrassed to ask my dad for like money for my electricity bill. Right. And like, that's kind of the moment where you're like, I got to figure something out. So what kind of happens is like, 
you grind towards something and you kind of putting all your eggs in one basket and you're kind of hoping it all works out. And luckily it did. So I think that's kind of the reason why I kind of always, if someone wants to reach out and they want to get advice, like I'm always kind of there for them. I like that you said that three weeks after trying to find these highlights, you just said, no, I'm just going to do it myself. Yeah. When you were growing up as a kid, yeah. did you display any other, was there any other things you did that were just like straight entrepreneurial? Yeah, I think, well, so my dad was an entrepreneur, so I okay. kind of got a lot of that from him. First thing I did was like when YouTube started, I made YouTube videos. Like I was like 14 and uh, I would buy stuff like cheap, like on eBay for like capture cards and like equipment like this. And it was like 20 bucks and I'd just be saving up. You know, the first, the fir what's funny, when did you get traded the bucks? Uh, 2013. I might've made a video about it. Seriously. Really? Like, a, like a, I need a, we need to find. What was your, um, I'm going to write this no, down. No, 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 no. What no, was your, what go was your I'm going to find this. If, video by, what was it's it? put in? So you guys can put in H-A-Y-D-U-H -H on YouTube. And. Hater? Hater. Like, like hater. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Listen, I was 14. Okay. <laughs> so. My email address when I was 14 was JJShooter3. And I'm not sure to this day if I meant shooter like shooter or shoot A3. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm not sure. Gotcha. So I feel you. That's, that's fine. <laughs> you know, it sucks because people are really going to look this up now and I'm just going to be cringing. No, I want to watch but, this video, man. <laughs> but, but I used to do it over like, because I didn't have NBA highlight rights. So I used to do it over like video game footage. So it'd be like me playing as JJ Redick on the Bucks, And I'd be like... You know, they got this shooter, he's going to do stuff, and then he's going to go to the Clippers later on. And, and uh, those are always funny to look at now because you kind of kind of realize like, oh, wow, like now I'm doing a podcast with JJ Reddick. That's kind of like one of those moments where you're like, I don't know what's going on here, but I need to make some money. I want to figure this thing out. So you'd make some of those YouTube videos and you kind of understand how YouTube works. So I think kind of the come up of YouTube and kind of the come up with Instagram were similar where like brands started coming in. But I think what really stuck it on YouTube was like personalities. Same thing that's happening on Instagram right now. Like Instagram is just dominated by personalities, which is why like the NBA is so big on Instagram yeah. too. Like all, every single athlete is a personality. And you guys recently started a YouTube, YouTube page. channel. Yeah. 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 Okay. And what, besides highlights, mm -hmm. I, I believe you guys are, you're, you've talked about this a little bit, but you're eventually going to create some original content. Yeah. So like we've already started something called the Supreme Dream Show where we kind of talk about relatability and being funny. So like he's, most people recognize him on the feed for making those LeBron James locker room videos where he's impersonating LeBron and keeps it real. We're going to do more of those where we're trying to do a sneaker show, an NBA 2K show, like stuff that people relate to and they kind of always wanted to see. And maybe they've seen it, but they haven't seen it done right. So we kind of want to go in there with original content and kind of make sure everything's done the right way. You said you were a business major, right? Yeah. How much influence or decision making do you have? in regards to House of Highlights creating revenue in terms of well, so, advertising so, and, and, so what's and cool, sponsorships and, and, and that sort of thing. That's cool. So what's cool about like Bleacher is that they we kind of have like one team, three, four people that kind of decide. It's an invite-only thing right now. And Bleacher Report's been very cool about that because they can kind of just open it up and we could have had ended up working with all these brands. But since it's invite-only, we get to kind of choose like which brands we want to work with. So yeah, we have say. I definitely have a lot of say. Where do you think this goes? Like, what is the what is the end goal for that? I don't know. And I know it's the most cliche thing ever. Yeah. But like three years ago, I would never would have been like, it's going to get 9 million followers, 700 million video views in a month, 2 million video views on average video. So I, I don't know. Hopefully like three, four years from now, we're at 20 million followers and we're at doing a lot of stuff on YouTube. I don't want to just be on Instagram. Obviously, I want Instagram to always kind of be the main thing and yeah. kind of the, the core and, and the backbone. But- I'm hoping that we're doing a lot more stuff at that point, like events, 
people are really interested. I think what's interesting about the NBA is that it's like 24, seven, 365 kind of taking advantage, kind of like summer basketball and kind of what Chris Brickley did in New York with hoodie mellow. And then Kevin Durant comes in, LeBron comes in and Russell Westbrook comes in, Chris Paul comes in and James Harden comes in and like all these guys just coming in. And there's so much fascination with like pickup games and how good basketball players really are at basketball. Like, I think what's crazy is <laughs> like, I could take you, we could go to the gym right here yeah. And you can make 25 threes in a row and it would be a viral video. Like, I don't think people realize like how good you guys are at basketball. It's always funny to me growing up and like really like later in high school when I was at Duke early in my NBA career and I would be like at a park or like a random gym shooting and like a random guy would come up to me like, let's play one on one. I don't think you can take me off the dribble. (laughs) And then like five minutes later, it would be 11 to zero. And I'd be like, get the fuck out of (laughs) here. Like. What? <laughs> that, what? That has to be the most annoying thing. And I think what's crazy to me is like, I feel like I always knew that. Like, I felt like I always yeah. knew like Mike Miller can make 73s in a row. Yeah. How, well, like, what do you think your record is? Uh, it's 47. 47. Yeah. Like, you, okay, JJ Reddick can make 47 threes in a row. And what's crazy is I don't think majority of people like understand how good you guys are at basketball. Yeah. Like, I think what's crazy is like, if we went to the YMCA, someone would probably go up to you and be like, yeah, I'll definitely score on you today. And I'm like, yeah. I, I think it's not just like shooting from a spot and making a bunch of shots Mm -hmm. it's like aaron Rodgers summed it up perfectly it's Mm -hmm. like mastering mechanics in imperfect environments yeah and that really is the challenge of being an nba player it's like there's so many things happening all at once yeah and then you've split second got to turn and shoot at the same time with jalen brown contesting your shot and marcus smart stunning from the top of the key and it's like that to me is like how fast it is mentally that's what separates us, honestly. You think mentally is like what separated? Oh, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, that's also like, so LeBron, for instance, mm-hmm. is, he's to me the greatest player ever. I would okay? say so too. And physically, it's obvious. And mm-hmm. we all point to that. Skill-wise, you know, his skill has increased every year. Mm-hmm. But I said this on Bill's podcast yesterday, like he's the smartest player ever. Yeah. So when you combine all those things, like he is the GOAT. Yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, I that was beautiful. I mean, listen, I grew up on him. I didn't get to see Jordan, but I think for me, like, he's definitely the best player I've ever seen. And kind of the reason why this all started, so I feel like forever I kind of have to say LeBron's the GOAT, no matter if someone passes yeah. him in 10 Did years. you even root for the Heat before he signed there, though? Yeah, Be yeah, honest. Man. Yes, I did, <laughs> okay? Honest. I did. Remember, that's when J- I said J.J. Redick was the best basketball I player I feel like ever. you were an Orlando Magic fan. No, no, I actually hated the Magic. Okay. It was like this all weird right. rivalry. Fair enough. My wife went to UCF, by the way. Cool. So, so I, I want to see if you can take credit for any of these things in terms of cultural relevancy. Cool. You mentioned Hoodie Mellow. We'll start there. Are you going to take credit for that? I think Brickley, so Chris Brickley is a friend of mine. Yeah. And I would say that he definitely is the main person. I think he would say, though, I helped spread it for sure. Okay. Drive-by dunk challenge. 1,000% me. <laughs> 1,000% me. I still don't quite get that one. Why? I mean, I didn't find any of the videos like... Not necessarily, you weren't making the videos. Okay. I'm saying the videos to me, like some of it was dangerous, some of it was disrespectful. I'll be honest with you. I don't live in the burbs, burbs, but (laughs) if I saw some kid like dunking on my hoop, man, I would Mm -hmm. I would be pissed. I'd run off my property. What if nothing happens? You're like, oh, okay. Not funny. Okay. The whole concept of it. I just don't like it. What about the one was like if Steph Curry did it and it was like just 30 foot three point shots? The Steph Curry challenge? No, it was like if Ste- we did we okay. so we did one like it was literally called okay. the Curry challenge that also started on House of Highlights. Okay, the Running Man challenge. Yeah, that one was me too. That was you. Yeah, that one I liked. I that one was with the college basketball kids that ended up on Ellen. They sent that video, and I even asked them like, "Listen, man, like that was the, this, that was the start of it." Okay, that, and that was kind of like the first point where you realized you could do it, and also like, 
oh snap, like I did this. Yeah. And so I reached out to them and I was like, am I the first page to post it? And kind of like started us off. He's like, yeah, that's why I kept, he's like, that's, yeah, that's why I kept sending you videos. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So that had to be a huge moment then. That's when you had to have realized like, holy shit, I'm, yeah. I got some juice. Yeah. Here. Yeah. But you don't go in like that. Like you kind of <laughs> go in with the same mentality of like day one. I know it's like cliche, but like you don't want to get caught up in something because you're worried that you might act different or you might start taking things for granted or you'll be full of yourself. So not much is, I don't go in with that mentality. Can I tell you something? Let's hear it. My favorite trait that a human being can have, and I also think this about leadership as well, it's humility. Yeah. Just please stay humble. Yeah. Okay. You're a humble guy. I appreciate that. You got it, man. I actually posted, I don't even fucking know if I can find it, but I actually posted a running man clip. Mm-hmm. I think my son was like maybe a year at the time. Okay. Maybe a year and a half, oldest possibly. And it, I got incredible engagement. I was about two why, months. Why didn't you send it to House Highlights? Uh, I was about two months late to the show. That's oh, why. You were, okay. you were, it was, it was already somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. It was a 31 year old dad moment. You gotcha. Know? There was Giannis last year. Do you remember the LeBron? This one was like a mini challenge. I wouldn't even put it in the same like level as Running Man. Do you remember like the LeBron James challenge when everyone was kind of reacting to his like IG stories of him singing? This was when he was like this in was the weight room. Last summer when he went bald. When he went bald in the weight room. So yeah. People yeah. would do like impersonations of that. So what was funny is we had Giannis and his brother sending a video of him like doing the, Le- they did the LeBron James challenge. And I think that one's like, what's crazy is the amount of athletes that send stuff in. Like, it's just unreal. Do you have guys' cell phone numbers? Yeah. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. You're tight with, are these all younger players? I would assume. So the younger players are, are more passionate and they're the ones that want to kind of have like a, they want to do like a little 10 minute interview with me. Like, right. yeah, I just started all this stuff. Right. Um, I think like, you know, when we talk about Hoodie Mellow and stuff like that, like, yeah, I've met Mellow several times and we've kind of had cool conversations about like, he's very smart, like business wise. So it's kind of cool to get stuff from him, but I'm never biased with it though. Like, yeah, Mellow's a friend, but I'm not posting a thousand Mellow videos on House Highlights. It's all fascinating stuff. Omar, I really appreciate the time. This Thank has you. been a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Man. Thank you for having me, JJ. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please remember to give us a five-star rating and a nice review on Apple Podcasts. We're going to have more frequent shows moving into the summer, so please stay subscribed wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, take care. <laughs>